Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Well, I'm pretty psyched because Infrastructure Week came, finally. And it's just in time because this was the week that you and I finally reconvened after over a year of being apart. We went to the Hall & Oates concert last night at Jones Beach, an outdoor venue. And we had to coordinate all these logistics and it required taking the Long Island Railroad and meeting and driving to some random town. And it occurred to me that what is really needed from this infrastructure bill is a channel that goes directly from my house in West Hampton to Jones Beach. Or maybe like, what if there was like a zip line so I could just like fly right in and avoid all that chaos or a pneumatic tube? Right. So anyone who says that the infrastructure is the like domain of the pr of privilege, like here's an idea for you. Let this infrastructure is for everybody. It's for everyone. <laughs> Including me. <laughs> okay. I can't go for that. <laughs> no can do. This is Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. We're just a couple of New York Jews Talking about the news Beating back the blues We made a podcast and news why Had to laugh so we don't cry Come and join us for the ride Welcome to No So, Rachel, we have a very unique episode. It's kind of a hybrid because we're going to have all the good nopes that we normally have about the news and so forth. But um, but since we went to Hall & Oates, we're going to talk a lot about that because it left a huge impact on us. And we think that people need to hear about it. Like, they, they're demanding to Whether hear about it. Whether they want to hear about it or not, they're going to hear about <laughs> so it. You're going to get a lot of Hall & Oates content in this <laughs> podcast. More than you ever thought you wanted in 2021. But before but I tell you'll find it, you needed it is what's the, the weird <laughs> right. thing you'll thank us in the end so um just to, as a preface before i was so excited for this concert i was telling anyone who would listen that i was going for a month i was saying we'd go to hall and oats going in hall and oats and some of the kids don't know who it is but maybe they know a song or two and i told my parents that i was going to jones beach theater um where i had been in as a teenager and in college a few times i actually saw don henley and edie brickell and the new bohemians there oh it was yeah. quite a show, quite a show. So I told them that I was going to Jones Beach Theater and they both like leapt out of their chairs and said, oh, <laughs> we, we used to go to Jones Beach Theater. And I'm like, who did you, because this was probably like the late, they were teenagers, like the late 50s, early 60s. And I'm like, who did, that'd be amazing. Who'd you see? Like Chuck Berry or Elvis Presley or someone like that. And my dad goes, no, I saw Song of Norway there. <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck is Song of the Norway? The finest production in all of the land. He's like, no, that was a hot ticket back then, Song okay. of Norway. And my mom goes, oh, my God, I saw Song of Norway at Jones Beach, too. And they had both seen it at Jones Beach. The so most they random... were at the same show together. They the were probably show... sitting next to each other, and they didn't even know they were going to get married. <laughs> Possibly, possibly. So I did a little research into Song of Norway, and it, as you do, and it turns out that it's a uh, an operetta that dates from 1944, uh, and it's the story of uh, Edvard Grieg, the great Norwegian composer. It ran for 526 performances, starring the great Lawrence Brooks as Edvard uh -huh. Grieg, um, and the Jones not all of them at Jones Beach, right? No, or but all well, no, 1944 was on Broadway. There was a revival okay. at Jones Beach in the 50s and 60s. And that 
performance is recognized as one of the great performances and it, it, it is the soundtrack recording it's on the masterworks broadway label and i listen to it and it has hits that everyone will know such as freddie and his fiddle and <laughs> and nordrock's farewell it's packed full of it's hits. It's memorable. It's like, wow. a, ho- so- it's like a Hall and Oates album. Yeah, and then just to, wow. just to wrap that up, I realized that um, a little after Doug and I had met, we realized that we had both been to see a revival of Anything Goes at Lincoln Center starring the great Patti LuPone in 1988. We had both been to the same show, and it was very impactful for both of us. And we realized that we had seen that, and it was a great bond between us. And we actually got a copy of the original uh, poster from that show, and it now hangs in our home. That's so cool. Josh and I were both at the same Grateful Dead concert at the Philly Spectrum in, like, 1993. Wow. Wow. Very different from Anything Goes. But uh, (laughs) we have the poster and uh, admittedly it's in our bathroom, but it's there. It's in a place of honor. So, um, Rachel, you're burying the lead, Brian. You're burying the lead. Like, (laughs) why were we at the Hall & Oates concert? Let's talk about that. (laughs) We were at the Hall & Oates concert because I forgot your birthday, which is in February. Yes. And I and I also, to be honest, like hadn't spent I normally spend a lot of money on concerts and I, you know, hadn't spent a dime on concerts in the last year and a half, two years. And um, I said, you know, if let's splurge, let me take Rachel to the concert she deserves. And not Thank only am you. I going to do amazing. this, but we're going to get the best seats that money can buy and the best we were... parking spot best... <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> we'll, get okay, into we'll get into that so we're going to tell a little bit of the story now we'll tease it and then because we go into detail we're going to save the rest for the end so if you want to skip the rest of the hall and out story you could just stop listening <laughs> at the end but we hope it's intriguing enough that you'll listen to the rest of the hall and out saga so rachel why don't you why don't you kick off the story here well, are, aren't you going to talk about like your day, like what's leading up to it? Because you were late. The point, like I, I arrived at Babylon, which is where we were going to right, meet. Right. So the thing is, and if we were, were just going to drive to from New York City to Jones Beach at rush hour, it was going to take three and a half hours, according to Waze. So I'm like, not acceptable. So I concocted this whole multi-step plan where I went to my hometown, Port Washington. I saw my family. There was a doctor's appointment. There was a Chinese restaurant involved there was a, a whole schmigoo and then finally i made it onto the road and i took two different wrong turns instead of getting on the northern state going the right way i got on the long island expressway going the wrong way because i have terrible sense of direction um and i can barely read when i'm on the road and finally i get to our appointed meeting place babylon the town of babylon, <laughs> babylon the town of babylon <laughs> the hanging gardens of babylon but i'm 20 minutes late but i'm a very prompt person so i was having like a You're like apologizing, freaking out. And I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. Like I, you know, I took the Long Island Railroad. I get out of Babylon. I'm like taking a nice stroll. I meet you at this restaurant. I had done some research in advance of like, what is the finest dining Babylon Babylon has has to offer. (laughs) So I found a few options, which I sent to you. It was, there was a taqueria um, with outdoor seating. There was this wine bar and um, an Italian restaurant that was very tempting because it was billed on TripAdvisor as being perfect for a funeral luncheon. So we almost, we almost went to that one. And then I I nixed the Mexican food because I said, I can't control myself. I'm going to eat chips and guac and I'm going to be stuck. 
stuffed and that's i don't want to go to a concert you're gonna wind so up like under the bridge like somewhere. <laughs> shooting <laughs> heroin <laughs> It's a, so, it's a gateway it's drug. A gateway so drug, so we decided yeah. on the wine bar, but then I looked it up on like Google or Yelp reviews and it said I loved it was it was I said I love this restaurant. I love the service. The only problem was is that the when I sat at the table, the silverware was wrapped up in a cloth napkin and I unrolled the silverware and like a wad of hairball human hairballs fell out. I mean, I feel like it's unfair though cuz our experience was not like that at well, all. Well, I know, but that was the point I was at Apprehensive. I was like, this is my, this is the choice we have. A funeral parlor, <laughs> a <laughs> bingeatorium, or, or a place whose finest menu item is a wad of human hair. So we chose the human <laughs> hair. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I found it. It was delightful. I found a really nice table outside. I sat down. I ordered a glass of rosé. And just like as I was about to take the first sip, there you were, like a vision. And like, honestly, it was a perfectly good meal. It was great. And was and most fantastic. importantly to me, it was the most gluten-free, friendly meal I've had in ages. It was tapas. We had a cauliflower crust pizza flatbread pizza that i've never seen before it was fantastic it so, was really good so um i it's called barrique so i want to give it a shout out yeah it was like the we it was like the, going back it was like the <laughs> hanging gardens of babylon it's like one of the seven wonders of the wonders ancient of the world. world right there on the south shore of long island okay we will be back yes <laughs> we will be back to Barack, and we'll be back to this story at the end of the podcast. But why don't we do some notes now, Rachel? Yes. Okay. So the first thing we usually have to get off our chests is the dry heaves. And there's a lot to talk about in the segment this week. The biggest thing involves this Fakakta Trump appointed Department of Justice official named Jeffrey Clark, who you know, was just sort of a random bureaucrat, but he was in the news because the former attorney general, Jeffrey Rosen, the guy who replaced the Bill acting Barr guy, the after, acting, yeah. yeah, the acting guy who replaced Bill Barr after he resigned, wound up testifying last week before the Senate Judiciary Committee for seven hours about how personally involved Donald Trump was in these efforts by certain Department of Justice officials to overturn the election. And, and, the and key this, was guy, the, this was the first glimpse that we had into like behind the scenes. That's why we're having these hearings is to like hear from the players themselves. And this is the first time we heard this kind of testimony, right? Right, exactly. And and the key official was this guy, Clark, who whose title was like Assistant Attorney General for the Environment and Natural Resources. And <laughs> not sure if you remember this, but Trump was planning to fire Rosen for not casting enough doubt on the election results and he was planning on installing this guy Clark, but Rosen and the entire Justice Department threatened to resign. So Trump backed off. And then so there's that. And then there's these insane emails that were obtained by the House Oversight Committee, and they were published by ABC News. And in them, Jeffrey Clark is asserting that the reason why the election was unsound and rife with fraud was because votes were changed, wait for it, by Chinese thermostats. <laughs> Okay, let me elaborate on this. So in an email that was originally sent in December 2020, Clark and his superiors, including 
Clark asks his superiors, including Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen, acting attorney general, and deputy and his deputy Richard Donahue to look into quote foreign election interference issues. And so then Clark claims that hackers had evidence that a quote Dominion machine accessed the internet through a smart thermostat with a net connection trail leading back to China. Okay. So so the 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 thermostats were not in China. It's not as if they were like Chinese Communist Party people, apparatchiks, like twisting the dials to like move the election votes to Biden. These were the 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 thermostats were the means of transmission. Yes, they were okay. the like the nodes in the <laughs> in the matrix. So. Okay. okay, so so. He sends this email. He says he hopes to use the information gathered by U.S. intelligence to determine whether these thermometers could make digital contact with voting machines <laughs> and ostensibly with voters in the United States. And Richard Donahue They're what? Shot like him mind, down. mind control? Like what are the thermostats like causing people to vote in a certain way? I, I, I mean, it's so... It's so beyond anything that is rational that I I don't even know what to say about it. So Richard Donahue says, there is no chance that I would sign this letter or anything remotely like it. While it may be true that the department is investigating various irregularities in the 2020 election for president, something we typically would not state publicly, the investigations that I am aware of relate to suspicions of misconduct that are of such a small scale that they simply would not impact the outcome of the election so basically and you know the thing is that rosen and donahue are not like these like upstanding like it's just sort of like there but for the grace of god go i (laughs) that like democracy survived this and they basically said to trump i can't go for that no can can do do. (laughs) right i mean yeah so so that was one of the things that happened this week in the dry heaves the other thing is this expert mathematician, Ed Solomon, resurfaced. He's the guy who Trump supporters have been quoting and clinging to as the guy who has the, the data. The, the statistics the that show it's, it's statistically impossible that Joe Biden won the election yes. because of bloop, 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 whatever algorithm he thinks he has, right? Yes. And this has been like gone viral all over the internet, this guy and his theory. So what happened was on January 27th, the network OAN broadcast a segment where this expert mathematician, so-called named Ed Solomon, uh, who claimed to have found evidence within precinct level reporting that the election was rigged by an algorithm. The mathematician said he found several precincts throughout the country reporting exact the same results at various times throughout the vote tabulation process. And so then Solomon's asked by the journalist on the quote unquote journalist um, on OAN, if it's possible that these findings could be a coincidence. And he replies, you can use the binomial probability formula and the chance of that event happening (laughs) is one over 10 to an exponent so large that there's not enough stars in the universe there's not enough (laughs) atoms in the universe to explain the number wait it can't happen naturally (laughs) does that make sense to you wait isn't that binomial there something you learn in like eighth grade algebra like what what is the 
binomial probability formula. Like there's a binomial equation. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of, right? Isn't that like y equals mx plus b? Like it's the the slope of a curve? The slope (laughs) of a curve, something like that. Yeah, or like x plus one equals y plus two. And anyway, so the binomial probability formula, that is just mumbo jumbo nonsense and so okay so then where did he learn all this like what in what sense is he what are his credentials how is he an expert mathematician well we're getting to that so like (laughs) and also i think beyond that what he's saying does not seem at all odd like wouldn't various precincts at one point have the same vote shares if like those shares are going up and diff- like yeah, well yeah it's almost like brown, brownie in motion there's like ten thousand districts and they're all moving around up and down at, and every millisecond every time a vote gets registered the ratio changes are they going to cross paths at some time yeah you don't need yeah, the of course they are you don't need the pythagorean theorem to figure <laughs> out that's like yeah it's probably gonna happen it's probably like 100 <laughs> percent probability going to happen at some point but and so okay so if it makes no sense (laughs) what he's saying it's because ed solomon shockingly is not actually a mathematician so this is all according to a lawsuit that voting machine company dominion filed against oan dominion the one that's you know getting the signals from the chinese thermostats so solomon is actually not a mathematician but a convicted drug dealer and was working as an installer at a swing set company in Long Island at the time of the OAN interview. Okay? He worked at Jones Beach. They have playgrounds there. Who is more qualified than a former convicted drug Couldn't dealer and swing set installer? Sure. No, they they really talk about the dry heaves like literally it's just like, the dregs it's the dregs like this guy who was like the environmental deputy attorney general is like weighing in on like networks run by thermometers and here we have like an installer at a swing set company uh, saying there's not enough stars in the sky or atoms in the universe to explain uh, Joe Biden. Every, every, Rachel, every time I think we should retire dry heaves because like we've reached the bottom of the bile ducts, somehow we turn up somehow nonsense like this. We plumb and- new depths every week. Things things get worse and worse. So, oh, and you, you asked about his credentials. Um, according to a fact check.org review of Solomon's segment. His mathematical expertise is limited to have taken a few math classes at Stony Brook University. He never oh, received a degree. A fine long, another fine Long Island institution. It is. A I fine took long some Island math Island. classes yeah. too. I took AP math, AP the calculus. I got a five and over the over the summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, why not get those credits out of the way? You don't want to deal with that in college, you know. So okay. Okay. No. And Solomon, I can't go for that. No can no do. Can do. Nope. Oh, look, are we replacing all of our nopes with a hollow notes catchphrase? I, I Let's think do it. Should. Let's if do we, it. Okay. If we weren't going to, I think. We're committed to idea. our art. We're all in. <laughs> we haven't discussed this, but sure, I could go with the flow. Um, okay, so I'm <laughs> about else? I'm what about else? to plumb the depths deeper um, into the dry heave. This, this story is so stupid, I can't even believe I'm talking about it, but I read it. <laughs> That's everything we talk about. <laughs> it's the only thing we talk about. Um, 
Uh, this is in the Daily Beast, which I will quote liberally. So when you ask anti-vaxxers, or there, I mean, I don't know any, so I don't ask them anything. But if when you see them on TV, you ask them why, and they say they don't want to put things in their bodies unless it's been proven safe by the FDA, and you wonder they don't trust the CDC, but they do trust the FDA. I don't know. So they don't trust the Pfizer vaccine. They don't trust Moderna. They don't trust J&J. But what do they trust, and what are they now putting into their bodies? Something oh called horse paste. <laughs> horse paste it's called what horse paste which is definitely is not fda approved is it like ketamine it like- is not paste made from horses it is an anti-parasitic drug that you feed to horses and it is called invermectin and, and why does what does this have to do with covid why does any of these what what does hydrochloroquine have to do with covid nothing so Nothing. they're asking for horse medicine to yes, inoculate I'll, I'll, them. I'll, okay. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. So these people. So there's all these Facebook groups around it, and they're so avid. One of this one woman on there said, "I would sneak horse paste into the hospital and would rub it into the armpit myself to save a loved <laughs> one," <laughs> which led me to research: is that the approved application of horse paste? Is <laughs> Rubbing it into the deodorant. Can you get can you get deodorant in horse paste flavor? I don't know. And do you rub it into the horse's armpit? Is that how? Is <laughs> do that- horses have armpits? They just have that like foot pits, like arm leg pits. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so there's this Texas poison control worker who very rightfully says, this isn't funny, the irony is in a severe ivermectin overdose, patients will end up needing to be intubated to protect their airway. Meanwhile, a lot of them are taking the ivermectin to allegedly treat their COVID to avoid ultimately being intubated and oh placed on God. a ventilator. So oh common sense God. there. So the problem, it turns out, because I dug deeper, as did the Daily Beast, the problem is not so much the taking of the horse paste, but the dosage it's very it's very hard hard to calibrate how much you should take and the problem is is that it's made for very large animals (laughs) so the facebook groups are obsessed with figuring out the right dosage so there's questions like what dosage should i give my eight-year-old which is really burying the lead that really should not be the question of how much to give my eight-year-old the question is should Why are you, you giving, be giving this to anybody? Right, and there's a, there's all these like infographic charts of how many they call it notches, how many notches to take because apparently it's in a tube and the tube has notches on it. Oh my god! And you're like, I'm so on a stupid. notch a day, right? So the same poison control worker said this form of invermectin is a 1.87 percent paste, and it's sold in delicious apple flavor. Uh-huh. I guess to get the horses to eat it, they like apples. But so then they don't rub it on their armpits. No, they put it no. In their mouth. They have. I mean, maybe it's good to have apple flavor in your armpits. I don't know. It's. <laughs> they say it's so concentrated because it's formulated for fifteen hundred pound horses, not humans. Unless someone knows what they're doing, it's very easy to overdose on the paste. So now the next question is you might ask is mm. where are they getting the horse paste? The answer, of course, is on Amazon. Um, And the reviews, they're tipped off to which is the real deal by these like coded reviews that are not very heavily coded. So here's an example of such a review. It says, my quote, horse had no negative side effects. And now he tells me he feels like a million bucks that is now COVID free. So the horse... (laughs) 
<laughs> told them that they feel like a million bucks. If you are intelligent enough to be able to weigh yourself and smart enough to do fractions, you can do this safely. No, it's not true because it's not, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> None of it. None of it works like this. People are more. It's not like, oh, I'm taking like a full Tylenol and my son is like a quarter of my body weight. I'll give well, him a quarter, quarter of one. No, no, it no, doesn't work like that. That's how it works. So anyway, because it's so available on Amazon, they're selling out and there's a shortage now. So they're going to other versions of the same drug that are not for horses. So... <laughs> There's now a very hot market for parrot parrot paste. <laughs> oh God! For the same parasite, which is only supposed to be used for pet parrots. But the problem is that it's more expensive per dose because it's sold in smaller quantities. And, and is it seed flavored <laughs> or cracker? It's cracker flavored. Poly one of paste. <laughs> and then there's another one for sheep that's called sheep drench, like you're drenching your sheep in it or something. So the the shortage is driving the whole horse paste world into a frenzy. So then you have to ask, back up, zoom out and say, who is enabling all this? So they tried to work backwards, great reporting, and there was this Arizona-based pharmacist who was inundated with uh, prescriptions for horse paste and they asked where these what doctor is prescribing these things and it's coming from a doctor service called america's frontline doctors so what is america's frontline doctors it was founded in 2020 by someone named dr simone gold who is currently awaiting trial on charges related to her alleged participation in the January 6th insurrection. Oh, I saw that person. That name yeah. sounded familiar. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So as her side hustle, she's selling horse paste while waiting, awaiting trial. And who is her partner in this endeavor? <clears throat> this is a name that will potentially ring true to you. Her partner is Dr. Stella Emanuel. She oh, is the of one course. of the de she's the demon sperm doctor who has professed a belief in aliens and reptilian overlords. Um, and Madonna is friends with her. No. Yes. Don't even yes. say that. So America's Frontline Doctors is a legit thing. It now offers telehealth consultations for $90, and it directs uh, prospective patients look who are they, they're calling and looking to get hydro hydroxychloroquine and uh, Evectromictin, whatever this is called, horse paste. And they're sending into this other like online pharmacy called Ravku, R-A-V-K-O-O-O-O-O-O, that's based in Florida. So it's this whole racket of like these the January 6th crazies and the demon sperm crazies referring to this like fake pharmacy, online pharmacy in Florida. It's a disaster, this thing. You the know what I say? Confederacy of dunces. You know what I say? Let them take the fucking horse paste. Take the horse paste. Go for it. Take Good. it. Take the cow dosage. Take the giraffe dosage. Take as much as you want because... No dose yeah. is big enough. <laughs> no dose is too small for <laughs> you idiots. Like take it and you'll you'll take what you'll get and you'll like it. So yeah. I can't go for this. No can do. Uh, no can do. No okay. Can do. <laughs> okay. Rachel, you have one more before we uh, well, go into our I was deep dive. Talk 
Yeah, I was going to talk about the great unwashed, like these celebrities yeah, these that had given oh, up. Oh, I thought the great dating. unwashed was the people taking horse paste, but no, there's no, more great unwashed. There's more great unwashed. These are, you know, our finest living celebrities who are declaring in the press that they have given up on bathing. But, but it's kind of like I don't even want to talk about it. I just want to get right into the Hall and Oates. So okay, we'll just, let's like, skip get ahead. Yeah, since we're we've done enough hygiene related con- yes. content here. Okay. <laughs> So um, anyway, so where we last left the story is that we're doing plane, trains, and automobiles, thanks to the infrastructure bill, to finally get to Jones Beach Theater. And we're driving down this, like, mystical, I don't know what it was, Robert Moses Highway or something. And it was, like, uh, it was very magical as we were approaching. And then it was, like, uh, a city on a hill, a shining city that came. And it was the Jones Beach Theater. And we, I, I as a treat for the birthday, I invested in the VIP parking. So we, we drove drove past this like pets on parade of people the great unwashed like we had to park in field eight and walk three miles to get the thing we cruised right in and then we had like we got to walk right in without waiting on the lines except it didn't actually save us any time because the like i had e-tickets because that's what you get now right and like i showed my e-tickets to the girls at the door who were like 12 and they're like oh that's not a ticket and i'm like it's right there it has like a qr code and it's exactly what an online ticket looks like and she's like it's, no no it no, was that's... a paperless ticket which is what everybody's exactly. doing these days yeah right and she's like oh i need a piece of paper and i'm like no oh, yeah and meanwhile there's people cruising past me showing their phones and i'm like no yeah i'm like it's 2021 no i don't what's a paper no ticket paper. a paper ticket anyway and like where so do you I'm, even uh, get a paper ticket like right and it's that? like it's just great like you have one job scan my fucking phone and let me into the concert so we wound up standing there for god knows how long as and i'm squeeze like was performing at the and squeeze time. right so we're sitting there eager they were the quote-unquote opening act that's quite an opening act right i would go to yeah. see them playing and like they're playing tempted which is like their number one song of all time we're standing there in like the tent trying to argue our way into a the concert that i paid hundreds of dollars for the ticket store and they're not letting me in because i don't have a slip of paper and anyway. meanwhile we had the whole like thing unlock we had every premiere ticket every like and and we're just bottlenecked at this at the ticket entry it's ridiculous yeah. no meanwhile the pets on parade were cruising past us and we were sit there like idiots but we finally got in we got to our seats they were amazing um and we definitely well we weren't we i was worried that whenever i go to a concert i go to a lot of shows of like young alt indie bands and i feel a little old we were definitely not the oldest people at this concert <laughs> No, we were on the young side, which like made me feel more comfortable that everyone was vaccinated. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you know what I didn't do? I was I meant to do this. That um, I realized a lot of our younger listeners may not really know who Hall and Oates are. They may have heard the name. I'm going to play a song that you'll know. Uh, probably, if you know any, you make my dreams come true because it's been in a lot of movies and it's in the popular culture. So here's a song that you'll know. And if you had any wonders how big Hall and Oates are, are we just inflating this because they're meaningful to us? No, they had something like six number one hits, they had 15 top 10 hits, and they are the biggest 
duo selling musical act of all time, bigger than Simon and Garfunkel. Um, wow. So they're, they're hit makers. They're, Everything they did was a yeah, huge sensation. Yeah, they did the song you just heard, but they also did Private Eyes, Kiss on My List, Sarah Smile, Man-eater. Rich Girl, Man Eater, I Can't Go for That No Can Do, which we've been singing on this uh, yeah. podcast. So um, yeah, so they're absolutely amazing. And um, Rachel, you thought they looked good, right? I thought that they did, you know, for their age, they were, they had a lot of energy. I felt like they came out and they saw this huge crowd there to see them. And they were a little bit like verklempt for a moment. Yeah. It seemed like he was they a little didn't quite know what to say. Yeah. At first I thought I was like, D- I mean, Daryl Hall was kind of babbling and I was like, is he on cocaine? Because he was like revved up and babbling about nonsense. And there was, was one judged. song, there was one song. I, yeah. He's like, this is our demented squirrel song. And like yeah. there, and I didn't know what he was talking about, but I think your theory is right. I think he was just a, he's a normal human like all of us. And he looked out on the crowd and he said, we're back. We're back. And we're back. The pandemic is, I mean, it's not over, but it, it's certainly a, a step in the right direction that they are here performing. And it's a big deal. New York yeah. crowd, you know, very yeah. cool. Jones Beach is iconic. That's where Song of Norway was recorded. On that very stage, Song I'm sure of Norway. In his mind, he had... Echoes of Freddie and his fiddle going through his <laughs> Big mind. shoes to fill. <laughs> so, um, I of course, you take a lot of little video snippets of your favorite songs that, you know, basically people go to concerts not to watch the concert, but to take video now. So I'm guilty of that, too. I criticize it, but I do it. And I went back when I got home and I watched some of my favorite clips to relive the magic merely two hours later. And every time there was a good shot and a good song, after about 10 seconds... An arm waved into the frame and like stayed there and just kind of swayed. And then I had this like PTSD flashback to the thing that I forgot, which was this willow woman in front of us. (laughs) Yes, you were very annoyed by the willow woman. And she was more like she was you were sitting to my left and she was like in front of you and to the left. So she didn't, she wasn't in my field of view as much. And I was like, whatever, Brian, you're overreacting. Like, cause he kept being like, this woman is so annoying. And I then realized that she was that annoying. Okay. So why, why was she a willow woman? So she was, so she was this tall woman who looked kind of willowy and her <laughs> arms were up in the air at all times swaying in a c-shape to the left and then a c-shape to the right and then it caught it was like a contagion and then her entire row was doing this move and it was just like it was this weird wiggle waggle psychedelic it's like she was like tripping at a dead show but it was fucking hall and oats like there's no reason to sway like that there's no reason to sway i mean it was was her only move it was her signature move it was like the elaine dance it was the elaine dance except the worst part about it for me was that once i started noticing her movements i started noticing the back of her head and her (laughs) hair was like so dry i just wanted to put like a moisturizing mask on it uh, on her hair <laughs> on her head by the end of the concert her hair would be this nice poor and- woman all she wanted to do was come to the show and here we are making fun of her on an international podcast with she's you know whatever she just like blows like the wind she doesn't care she's the willow woman she she's she will for, in our mind she will forever be the willow woman and then well it's funny that you said that she had dry hair because i started getting texts from concerned friends and family members that said 
oh my God, take cover, like a hurricane it's is coming. It's about to rain, a hurricane's coming, yes. And the people sitting behind us had the same app as us and were looking at the the storm. They were tracking the storm and they were like, it's going to be here in 14 minutes, that's it. Right, that's and it. you could see like one of those like radar maps moving and it was like blood red, like coming towards, barreling towards us across the city. And, and Doug texted me and said, it's pouring here, you're going to get drenched. And we, at some point we were like, are they even going to go on? Are they going to come off? Are they going to rain date it? Are they going to cancel it? Yeah, because this was in between Squeeze and Hall and & Oates. And there yeah. was like this long pause. And we're like, maybe they're like, they have like some kind of like meteorologist sorcerer <laughs> backstage like, advising them whether to go on or not they're so old that like maybe they would melt like they've had a lot of work done on that so like yeah. maybe it's not water resistant by the way oh before we get daryl hall is 75 years old can you believe he that? looks great for 70 he looks really great he was wearing like a cool outfit he seems like really like his voice sounded really good they had to change some of the arrangements because he can't get as high as he used to but Although I I have like, to say, like really John Oates didn't look quite as good. He uh, he needs he needed no, to he needs he to moisturize. He was a little worse for wear. Oh, and also we didn't talk about the Oties. There were like Oates <laughs> fans in the audience who were like wearing fake mustaches in solidarity with those <laughs> solidarity with the cause <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there was like this girl in our row who was wearing a mustache and i was like oh okay i guess this is what like hardcore like john oates fans do this is what yeah. they do yeah and i was yeah. wondering like if they sold them at the merch table like maybe i would Probably. go buy one yeah nobody <laughs> would know what I, the hell i was doing it's the one place in the world that you can actually wear an oats mustache and have people appreciate it otherwise you're just a weirdo <laughs> so anyway the rain never came it was like god intervened the power of music that's the thing like it went around us it's pretty crazy the, the seas parted the the hurricane parted there was not a it was completely dry of course the skies opened up when we drove home but that was like but a different it waited storm. it held off it, it was, held off it was truly like an act of god you know like so they were they were amazing but uh the only criticism i have of the show is that it was too short it was like an hour and 15 minutes which for a headline act that honestly could have played for three hours and only played top 10 hits it was a little short for me i would have liked to have had a short. little more i mean it was the most expensive hour i've ever spent it was uh <laughs> It was, I mean, but it was really good. It like it, they were, they were great. So we just have to like appreciate it. And if if they went longer, we would have gotten stuck in the rain. So good point. Let's look at the you know? bright size glasses, yeah. half full, and those girls who couldn't find our tickets on the way in. They were well gone by the time we got out. We cruised right out and uh, got back to Long Island City very quickly. And everyone's you got a... mustache stayed dry. It was... <laughs> <laughs> All's well that Wonder. ends well. Okay, so if you had wondered how our Hall & Oates concert was, that's how it was. Okay. That's how it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the ups. These are little rays of light, little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, what is yours? Okay, well, besides Hall & Oates, my yup goes to Kathy Hochul, who's New York's first female governor. Yay. Um, I actually, amazing. I mean, I actually met Governor Hochul at an event. Governor-elect or governor-designate. Governor-elect or, yeah, well, I mean, in a week. Um, it's I, I met her at an event for Vote Mama, which is this great organization that helps moms with young kids run for office. And she seemed really great and really smart. So I'm excited. Kudos to you, Governor. 
All right. Sure. And, designate. <laughs> and as foreshadowed, my yup goes to the uh, bucolic Long Island town of Babylon, which we've you know, very short-sightedly made fun of. Um, we thought it was going to be Because it seemed so dumb. random. It was like, we'll meet in Babylon. What's there to do there? You it's know, like we had no idea. amazing, tree-lined, quaint. It was like Stars Hollow in Gilmore Girls. It was just beautiful. There was like a local meat purveyor and all kinds of cafes and funeral parlors and artisanal <laughs> coffee and yeah i mean i'm i'm gonna be coming back i, I might buy a i might buy a house there <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you're in west hampton and i'm in that in the city i would meet you there like halfway like that would be a fun place i have to meet. a house there i just don't know where it is <laughs> kind of like me on... too <laughs> You're, you it's can be a housewives joke. Sorry, we don't, we promise not to make this. Okay. Well, um, wow. It was a terrible week except for the Hall & Oates concert, but it was a really fun podcast to record. Thank you for hearing us talk about it. I hope you enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, tell a friend in real life, turn to your Oates fan with the mustache standing right next to you. Uh, talk to the Willow Woman and tell her, please listen to our podcast. <laughs> tell tell anyone her to stop Willow swaying playing, stop and, and moisturize her hair. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been Nope. I cannot the go for that. <laughs> Wait, oh, no, 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 we're not doing it that it. way, Rach. Okay. okay. This, this is how people know that this is not scripted because we fuck things <laughs> like that up. Okay. I say thank you for listening to Nope. I can't go for I that. I can't go for that. No can do.